not because he needs us, but because he wants us. Uh, that's uh, uh, exciting to know that he actually wants a relationship with us. Uh, oh, one thing with the baptism service today, uh, uh, Ron did say he does have a hot tub. And in fact, he encouraged us maybe to do the baptism in the hot tub. We won't, but you could run from the lake to the hot tub to warm up. So anyway, yeah. Uh, but it's going it's to be an exciting, exciting time to, uh, as those who are willing to, to, to be public about their relationship with the Lord. So I encourage you to come and be a, a part of that. Uh, I had a friend in high school. In fact, uh, my senior year of high school, uh, Rich was our class president. You know, and so obviously he was a popular guy to begin with. But you know, one of the things, uh, uh, you know, sometimes people get in that position by uh, politicking, but that was not Rich. Rich was just a genuinely nice guy. He was intelligent. He was kind. Uh, and you know how school is. You got, you got all those little groups. You know, some of them were official and some of them weren't. And, and where I went to, to high school up in uh, uh, Evergreen, Colorado, we had, we had the Cowboys. And, and back in those days, the, the Cowboys would, uh, their, their, thing, their thing was to wear their pants inside their boots. I'm not sure why, but they did. Or if they were really tough, they would wear half inside the boot and half out. I'm not sure why that was either, but so yeah, you had the cowboys, and then you had the jocks, you know, and then the jocks all hung together, and, and, and then you had the druggies, the hippies, uh, which, you know, uh, was another whole group, and, and uh, you had the, the, uh, cl- the ones that were artsy, and anyway, so you had all these groups, and somehow, you know, and they kind of didn't, st- they didn't hang with each other, they didn't particularly care for each other, and yet somehow rich Rich liked all of them, and they liked all, and everybody liked him. He just was—he just was a quality guy. He's one of those guys that you looked at and you said, "This guy's going places." I don't know what he, what's going to happen down the road, but he is going places. We graduated from high school, and uh, I lost uh, contact. Uh, I went, went went off to college and lost contact with with Rich. And but I remember one time being home visiting, and I ran into a. A friend of mine from high school, and they said, did you hear about Rich? And I said, what? No, I didn't hear. And he said he was in a really bad car accident, got thrown through the window, and had uh, uh, resulted in severe brain damage. He survived, but he was severely brain damaged. Not long after that, I ran into Rich. Gone were the bright, intelligent eyes, the, the ability to communicate, uh, his face was disfigured. Uh, the accident was pretty fresh, but there, there was just a, a, a dullness there. You know, there was, couldn't put his words together, couldn't put his thoughts together. And, and probably the, the most disheartening thing was it, you knew gone, gone were the future plans, what, what could have been. And, and it, was, it was just really heartbreaking. I, I actually saw Rich, uh, oh, about nine years ago, I actually went back for the only time I've gone back for a high school reunion. I won't tell you which one it was, mainly because I can't remember which one it was. It's, so that gives you an idea. But but after all these years, uh, there was Rich, and he was the same place I saw him last. He, there had been no growth. There had the damage was uh, permanent, and uh, you know, and it just that was so discouraging because you you could not help but compare what was to what could have been. And it's really interesting because that's where Paul's going in chapter 7 of Romans, which is where we are now. And if you want to get in, get there in your devices or in your uh, Bibles, as, as we walk through this chapter the next few weeks, uh, Paul has a, has a grave concern 
He knows what could be. But he's concerned that it won't happen for various reasons. And, and we're going to walk through some of them this morning. That, that, that what, what could be in our relationship with God, that so many of us will, will never experience that. Uh, never, never have the opportunity. And I believe Paul's talking after the fact of becoming a follower of Christ. I don't think he's talking about, obviously, prior to that relationship, uh, the offer is out there for, for forgiveness, and it's a gift from God. It's not something we earn or we have to be religious for or, or do uh, you know cross T's and dots I's. It has nothing. It's a gift of God because of His grace. So, so obviously, he's always concerned that, that people take that step, but his concern, I believe, in this chapter, and I'll talk to you later uh, uh, as to why, is after the fact, after we've made that decision and accepted that gracious gift and, and our relationship has been restored with God and, 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 and there's so much potential and yet we'll never see that. That's his concern. And, and, and frankly, as we get into next week, Lord willing, his concern comes out of personal testimony. He's going to share with us, <coughs> excuse me, what almost happened to him. In fact, as he shares his testimony, it's really amazing because I was talking to someone after the first service. Uh, th- this is the passage that after, uh, there was a period of time in my life where I was not walking where God, with God, where I had rebelled against him and was kind of was running from him. And, and this is the passage my father used to suddenly wake me up. So, so it's an important one to me. But Paul's concern now is, is as we walk into this morning, is that uh, there is there is... There's a heart for God. There's a relationship that, that He wants us to have that, that, that is, is fully where He hopes we end up, and yet we won't. Many of us won't for various reasons. Now, you know, it's interesting, because I, I, I preached this twice, so I preached it earlier this morning. About halfway through the message, I said to myself, Debbie Downer? Gee, where is this? Is, and, and I don't know, you know, I, I, here's my suspicion. I'm thinking, where? So, so I'll, I'll just give you a heads up. You know, as I thought through this, uh, uh, I went a little bit negative, and, and, I, and I suspect, I'm just, you know, I, you try to do a little bit of, okay, why'd that happen? You know, if you were watching the events of our, our part of the world this week, the political realm, I, I was just so, so disheartened by that. I, I, you know, it's just, you, you ask the question, at least I ask the question, how did we get here? And I think that's what Paul is saying with this, he's saying, if you're not careful, what, what God wants you to experience in our relationship with Him will never happen. In fact, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the place where we'll wonder to ourselves, how did I get here? And so, I'm going to walk through some things this morning. And, and really, what, as we, we're going to do this, we're going to kind of do a strange thing. We're going to kind of work our way backwards. Because I'm actually going to start, in your Bibles, we're going to start down in chapter 8, verse 1. Uh, and, and what we're going to walk through is there, there are God's, or, or Paul's heart here is to help us to know what a healthy relationship with God looks like, but, but even more than that, to help us understand what, what are the ingredients of a healthy relationship with God. And what's really interesting, if you have that conversation, what that lends to is, it really, these are ingredients of a healthy relationship, period. Whether it's talking about your family unit or your your your, your marriage or uh, you know your work situation, your your coworkers or or the church, these these 
all apply to all those relationships. If, this, if these ingredients are part of the relationship, it's going to be healthy and strong. And, and a relationship that we look forward to. If they're not, uh, it, it won't be what it should be. And, and it'll be discouraging and frustrating and maybe worse. And, and so, so Paul's going to give us those ingredients, and especially from his heart, out of a concern, although we'll see some of both, uh, but out of a concern of our, where our relationship with God is. And so we're going to walk down through, but we're, we're going to start at the end, and we'll come back to it in a moment. We're going to start with chapter 8, verse 1. Now remember, those chapter divisions were not in the. This is a letter from Paul originally. He didn't put chapter 8, verse 1. He, he just wrote the letter. And uh, later on, as people were, were transcribing it, and, and put, they, they put in the chapters and the verses for our convenience to help us. So, so this is just part of Paul's conversation. But, but I want to walk to because, and I'll get to the verse in a moment. So here's the first thing that I see in this context is Paul saying, uh, let's, let's examine. Let's examine the, the ingredients that, that it takes to have a healthy relationship with God and and then also a healthy relationship with each other. And, and so the, the first must-have, if I'm going to have a healthy relationship with my God and, and in personal relationships as well, is, is there has to be a confidence about the relationship. There, there has to be a sense of security in the relationship. And, and this is where I went, I went negative. This is where I kind of thought, geez, you could have shared some of the positives, and we will, but... Uh, but I thought, but my mind went first of all, maybe because of, of watching, and I really tried to stay away from the news. But uh, you know, I, you, you kind of check in, and and and. Uh, but I thought, you know, here here's the kind of things that that actually bust uh, healthy relationships. Careless words are, are certainly things that 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 tend to destroy relationships, words that are not thought out, words that fall under these categories, gossip, you know, and, and as I wrote these things down, and these kind of just came off the top of my head, these are the things that, that I've seen, that I've experienced, that uh, I've done at times in my life that, I, that I've recognized have, have been uh, relationship destroyers, relationship busters, and, and so, you know, so the first one I came up with was I wrote gossip down, and, you know, gossip really... You know, by definition, at least by the biblical definition, and it shows up in the Word of God, I'll share with you a couple of verses, really usually gossip is based on truth. It's just being told in a context that shouldn't be told, or being told by a person, shared by a person that shouldn't be sharing it. It's not theirs to share, and, and slander is lying, but, but gossip is dealing with at least an element of truth. But the problem with gossip is, is the, the environment or the reason behind it or the heart or the motivation is not meant to build, it's meant to destroy. And, and so I thought, and I had to stop doing this because I thought if I do this to everyone, we're never getting out of here. But there, there's a lot in the Word of God, especially in the book of Proverbs, the, the book of, of wisdom. And, and uh, so I just did a you know, search, okay, gossip. And Proverbs 11, gossip betrays confidence. And it fit right in there. Confidence, I put it more, gossip destroys confidence, you know. I thought I could trust you, and, and I shared this part of my heart and my life and my concern and my struggle, and, and suddenly I find out that others know it that shouldn't know it. Uh, Proverbs 16, a perverse person stirs up conflict, and gossip separates close friends. And Some of you, as you hear that, you say, yeah, it, it does. It can destroy relationships. Uh, Proverbs 18, a word, words of gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inner parts. 
Proverbs 20, a gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much, you know. That's the problem. And, you know, we have those people that we're saying, you know, we kind of saying watch out for them because they have a tendency to keep talking when they really shouldn't keep talking. That wasn't really theirs to share. Uh, Proverbs 26, uh, wood fire goes out, without wood a fire goes out, without gossip a quarrel dies. You know, and, and I suddenly realized, well, I can't do that with everyone. But so you walk down through these, and these are things that, that, that destroy confidence in a relationship, that, that take away the security that's supposed to be there. Criticism, you know, uh, uh, I hear people say, well, there's such a thing as constructive criticism. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, think, I think maybe my, my heart would be that uh, within the body of Christ, in our relationships with each other, in marriages, family, whatever, that, that our approach is, is more in the area of giving good counsel. And good counsel means it comes from a heart of, I really do care about you. I really am sharing with this with you because I want your best. I, I really do want to help. It, I'm not trying to just put you down, make you feel bad, point out your mistake, whatever the case may be. I, I, and, and then that means the way I do it is carefully thought out. You know, the Bible says, uses that. It says, you know, you, we uh, speak the truth with love. Well, some of us take pride in the fact that I'm honest, I'm truthful, but we, we forget that part. And love means I take the time to really think through how how's this going to impact that other person? What's this going to do? How is this going to help? Is this going to benefit the relationship? Is this going to benefit them? Because that's my heart. And if and if it's not, then then I'm not the one to do it. Or or maybe I got to think more about this. And and you go down, you look at all those casting doubt. You know where uh, we 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 just. Uh, uh, or, or cutting conversations where we, we take, go out of our way to put them down or, or questioning character. We, boy, did we hear some of that this week. And all these things are things that, that destroy confidence, that, that destroy cur- uh, uh, security. You know, this is, and this is important. Here, here's why this is important. It's certainly important in our relationship with God. And we're going to see God's heart towards us in, in just a moment when we get to verse 1 of uh, chapter 8. But... Uh, it's important uh, in all of our relationships, but, but especially in the church. Because here's what God has said, and we've talked about this before, but it bears repeating over and over again. He has said, matter-of-factly, that the thing, the one thing that will cause a watching world to want to be in a relationship with our God, the one thing that they're going to take note of, the one thing that's going to make the difference is not what kind of a preacher we have, how doctrinally correct he is. All, you know, it's not, it's not how, what kind of facility we have. It's not going to be you know, whether our parking is easier. You have, it's not going to be any of those things. The one thing is going to be this, how well we love each other. That's the deal. No bones about it. That's what he said. It is how you love each other, how we love each other within the ecclesia, within the gathering, which we've named the church. That's the deal breaker or the deal maker. And and so if that's the case, then we need to realize that we're not the only ones that know that. We have an enemy, Satan, who knows that as well, and that will always, and I, I don't even hesitate to say this, that will always be the thing he goes after in a church and in a marriage and, and in whatever relationship environment you are, you're in because 
he is bent on destroying. He doesn't want anybody to ever look at you and I and as a result of that want to know our God. He wants just the opposite to happen. He wants us to look at us and then say, hey, why do I need God? Because look at them. They can't get along. And, and so these are all the things that uh, Satan would love us to get caught up in. Love us to discount and say, oh, it's not really that big of a deal. No, it's huge. It's huge. Another thing that uh, destroys uh, confidence and security in a relationship is careless actions, uh, unfaithfulness, you know, uh, in a marriage. That's, it doesn't have to be a deal breaker, but boy, it's one of those things where, you know, you ask that question, does trust ever come get completely regained? I don't know. God can do great things, and I've seen him. I've seen him do great things, but uh, that's a tough one. Uh, in consideration, you know, and dealing with each other in an unloving and inconsiderate way, hurtful action, harmful, those are all kind of things. And he says these are the kind of things that, that uh, can, can destroy a relationship. And then there's careless thoughts. Uh, you know, I don't know. If, I, that first one... Putting my hand up. That's me. I, I can have these. Yeah, can you have, are you able to have an argument in your head with someone and get mad at them? And I can do that. I can totally have the argument myself. My wife, will, you know, there have been times where, you know, I do this, uh, well, she, I'm going to say this. She's going to say that. I'm going to say that. And by the time I'm, I'm mad, we never had the discussion. It never came up. And, and, uh, and you know, and, and then she'll say, something matter? No. You know, it's like negative self-talk, these thoughts that just, you know, where, and it's not even those kind of things. It's just, you know, sometimes it was just our, our perspective of, you know, I read, a, I read a thing this week. They said, if, if your glass is always half full, then get a smaller glass or, or something, you know, fill it up. Just get, get past these negative thoughts that are taking you down this path and destroying a relationship because you always think the worst of it. You're always assuming and assured or, or hanging on to bitterness, certainly, where, you know, that's what God says, don't, don't. Don't uh, uh, give in to this. Don't let sin get that foothold. Don't let Satan get that foothold. Uh, not addressing misunderstandings. You know, just the thinking that it's just going to go away. You, if you're not sure if, you, if, we, if we believe that someone said or something was said or something was done and we're thinking it was done with the wrong intention, then, you know, don't hold that in. Have the conversation. That's what the Word of God says. And, and for, for please, you know, for the sake of God, don't have the conversation with everybody else except the person that you think maybe the problem is with. Go to the person. You'd be surprised how many times it, it really was just a, a misunderstanding. But we've convinced ourselves, and, and by the time we get done asking everybody's advice at how we should handle this, it, the damage has been done. Assuming motives. Boy, did you hear some of that this week? Man. Deciding that I know why you did that. I know why you said that. I got you figured out. And so often we're so wrong about that. And so, and so he says, so, th so these are things that destroy confidence in a relationship, destroy security. And, and, and then Paul's response to that, he says, okay, but here's God's heart for us. Verse 1 of chapter 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, no condemnation. Here, you want, you, you, let me tell you this. At least I can tell you this much for sure. If you're in a relationship with God because of Jesus Christ, you accept that gift of salvation, this is true of you. There, in fact, here's what Jesus is saying. I got your back. 
you never have to worry about God misrepresenting you, of, about God even accepting criticism of. In fact, one of the things the Bible tells us is that we have an individual named Satan who is the accuser. And he is constantly going before God and saying, hey, did you see what Paul did the other day? Really? You're letting him teach people the word of God? Are you kidding me? And Jesus says, hey, Paul, don't worry about it. I got your back. I have only the best in, heart for you, in my heart for you. I'll never criticize you. I will never condemn you. And, and that's our example. And, that, and that's where God is with us. And he's saying to us, let's be the same towards each other. Let's, let's have each other's back. Let's, you know, and, and I'm not and talking about whatever relationship units you have, your family, your, you know, let them be secure in this. You don't have to worry about this. I will watch out for you. I got your back. He goes on, the second, second part of, of a healthy relationship is <coughs> a servant's heart that, that is based on love. That means it's based on my, my very best is for you, or in this case, for God, I, I serve you because I love you. And we'll talk about Paul's concerns, and, and he's going to share in his own testimony. This is, this, is, this is what got way off whack for him. And, and it has a, it's a tendency that we have as, as believers a lot. Uh, but, so this love-based serving. So, so what, what, what's a buster when it comes to that? Well, obligation, angry obligation, you know, where, okay, I'm going to do it, but I'm not happy about it. You know, it's kind of this gritting, gritting teeth thing. Or, or guilt-based action. It's like when Pastor Paul says to you, someone says to me, you know, well, it's really cold and wet. I don't think I'm going to go to the baptism today. And I say, oh, well, that's okay. But Christ did hang on the cross for you, you know, <laughs> which I, I would never do, by the way. I would never try to guilt you into. But, but it's, you know, it just robs us of that ability to serve from the heart or or personal elevation. I'm doing the right thing, but my heart, the reason I'm doing it is because I'm trying to elevate myself. And then this goes hand in hand with the other one, or, or portraying others badly. You know, uh, uh, someone says, well, didn't you see, so-and-so really did a good job. Well, yeah, they did, but if I hadn't helped them, it never would have happened. You know, and, and, and those kind of things, he said, you know, that's not the heart to serving. And that destroys relationship. And and, and so, and Paul, as he's walking through this, and he says, okay, so, so when it comes to us, here's God's heart for us. And, and here's Paul says, here's, here's the heart we should have for serving God. I serve God in this new way of the Spirit. In fact, he, he uh, clarifies that even more. He says, Here, here's the way it used to be. You, we, we've been released from the law so that we may serve in the new way of the Spirit, not the old written code. See, that's that's the way it used to be for the Israelites. That's the way that most of us, uh, probably prior to Christ, you know, our perspective of God was, you know, well, it's kind of like this. I, you know, it's, and we talked a little bit about this last week, the scales. And I think that I've done enough, you know, and, and uh, I, I try to be a good person. I try to be a good neighbor. I try to do this. I try to do that. And, and so, you know, when it comes down to it, and I got, if, if I have to stand before God, I think I've done enough to weigh the scales in my favor. And, and that's totally, that's totally uh, the opposite of, of where God wants our heart to be for serving him. He wants us to serve because we're not even worried about that. We know he loves us. We know he's already said there is no condemnation. So our heart is, Lord, man, I, I just, 
I love you, and that's why I want to serve you. And, and the things that kind of rob us from, those, from that kind of serving, serving is that, that where we do it out of that legalistic. He says from the new, new way of the Spirit, serving that comes from the, not from a have-to or a personal benefit, but from a I love you. And I want the best. And that builds relationship. And that allows us to experience what, what, what Paul wants us to know. He doesn't want us to end this time on this earth and think, oh, man, what could have been? He's saying, catch on to this now. And he's going to share, as I say, a personal testimony where he's saying, man, I almost missed this because I served him from such a different place, from this law, this legalism, this I better, I have to. And relationships can slip into that, can't they? You know, this walking on eggshells, this, oh, this constantly concern, you know, the, the uh, you better, you know, you guys better straighten up because dad's going to be home yet. Yeah, we get these, 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 we formulate, we build these relationships of, about doing the right thing, but always out of a fear or out of a have to, or, and that's not what God wants. And, and it's not what makes for healthy relationships. Finally, uh, a must-have in a healthy relationship is a p- positive personification. And I looked at that and thought, man, I hate the way I said that. Two Ps, but just, uh, but here's the idea. It's, it's how well do I w- represent the relationship? You know, I, 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 uh, I can early on in my marriage, and I think I shared this with you before, but we, my, my wife and I fell into a pattern, and I take responsibility because we were around my family most of the time. We were only around her family once in a while. But th- there's this pattern of when, when we were around our families of at, at Mary Lou's expense, I would ha- tell jokes, you know. If something didn't get, the past week d- didn't get cooked exactly right, I would make sure and share that with my family. You know, boy, you should have seen what she made the other day. And, and I do these things and, 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 you know, and everybody would laugh. And Mary Lou would laugh wasn't sincere but she'd laugh and then I remember one time we're visiting her parents because her parents were uh, 1500 miles away so we didn't see them very often and my wife did that to me and you know what I found out I didn't enjoy that very much and uh, I recognize it's it's damaging when when I present the relationship in a way that's that's putting down that's not correct and and we can do that in our relationships with each other where instead of protecting each other instead of of doing what we can to lift each other up and to present uh our church family uh, our friends our our spouses in in a, in a positive light you know if there's negative things we deal with that personally but but we instead we we take we take some pride in in presenting, personifying them in a negative way. And that destroys relationships. Uh, when we have this thing, I don't care what I say. You know, I don't even say what I want. If you don't like it, then that's your problem. Uh, I don't care what it looks like. You know, I don't care what others think. I don't care how this impacts you. When we get those I don't care attitudes about how we're representing the relationship or our church family or our God... It, it destroys it destroys relationship, and that's what Paul's worried about in this. He because he, he knows he knows what can be. And 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 he knows what God wants his heart for us, and and in the church too, he knows that he knows he knows how how you know I got to tell you, this is something these things these these this 
These things that tear down relationship are constantly what our enemy is going to try to expose us to in our church family. Because he knows the world's watching. And so if he can cause us to go down these paths, he's won. So healthy relationship, personal personification, in order that, Paul says, in order that we might bear fruit to God. That should be our heart. God, I want... The fruit of my life, because of my relationship with you, I want the things that people see in me and see in my relationships, see in my church family, see in my relationship with you, I want, I want it to be fruit that points to you, God. It causes people to look and say, wow, I want to be a part of that. What Paul is going to go into as we walk into next week, the things that destroy that, and he starts off in chapter Seven, he says, don't you know, brothers, for I am speaking to men who know the law, that the law has authority of a, over a man only as long as he lives. And he's going to begin to talk about that. Here's the problem. When we get into things where our relationship is based on keeping up image and we're worried about doing and crossing the T's and it's legalism and it's, and it's constantly, I don't know where I stand with you because I've heard the kind of things you say. And when we get into that environment, it destroys where... What, it, what God wants us to have. And so he's, care, he's concerned about that. So he's going to take us in. He's going to share with us personal testimony. But here's where I want us to stop, start, stop and start this morning. I want to give you a moment just to talk to God. And, here, and, here's, and here's where I want you to go and where I'm going to go as we talk to God. And, and this is between you and God, not between you and me, but you and God as Lord. You know, as we walk through these things, I know your heart for me is, is healthy relationship with you, with my fellow believers, with my family, with my spouse. Those things that we talked about that destroy, are they part of who I am? Is there a pattern there that I see in my own life? Am, am I careless with my words and my actions? Have I, have I done damage? Is there someone I need to go to and say, you know what, I did, I said, and I shouldn't have. I'm sorry, because you're too important for me to allow that to stand where it is. Lord, am I protecting your reputation? Is that important to me? Am I serving you from a heart that I really love you? And am I doing the same for my brothers and sisters? Is that where I am, God? Because if it's not, you know, David said, search my heart. See if there's any wicked thing there that shouldn't be there. And he did that because he wanted to know things were right between him and God and between him and others. So let's, let's do that, and then I'm going to close this in prayer. Father, help our hearts to open up and expose and be honest and want to know what you think about these things. We've seen Father lived out in front of us on the television news and the events that have taken place in our political world this week. 
just how ugly things can get. And we know that's exactly what our enemy has in mind. It can happen in the church, too. It can happen in marriages, even Christian marriages. If we're not very careful to guard relationship, to do the things that make it healthy, to look out for each other, to have patterns in our life that build on security and confidence instead of destroy it, to guard our mouths and guard our actions. We have an enemy that will always, always work to do just the opposite because he wants to destroy. Paul's heart as he shares these things with us is that he doesn't ever want us to look back. He doesn't want us to stand before you someday with this regret in our heart saying to ourselves, this is where what could have been and yet I missed it. He doesn't want us to miss it. Certainly in our relationship with you, but in our relationship with each other, as a, in the way we represent you as, as a church to the watching world, and how we love each other as husband and wife and family units, how we serve our coworkers, how we point to you with our lives. That's what he wants. He wants us to enjoy those relationships and enjoy our opportunities to demonstrate your love for others. So. Lord, are there things in my heart, in my actions, in my mouth, my words that are causing destruction, that are doing anything different than building up? Lord, then help me to see that. Expose those wicked things. And for all of us, Lord, protect us as your, as your church, as your family. Help us to do what is right. And thank you for your word, Lord. You, you know, you tell us you're able to divide from the very bone of marrow. You, go, you dig right in. And it's not always fun, but Lord, we know it's always from that heart for what is best for us. And so I thank you for it. Lord, look forward to it. We're going to, if you, in, in just a little while, we're going to watch some individuals publicly express their relationship with you. They're going to be baptized. They're going to be obedient to you. And and I know that uh, that's so precious to you. And so look forward to that celebrating time together with them. And now, Lord, as we bring this to a close, as we move out into a watching world, help us to love you well and love others well. Pray these things in your son's name. Amen.